Rugby league fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. And straight off the bat, guys, I got to say, thank you so much for all the feedback on last week's podcast. You guys have voted it as the best episode yet. The banter was on fire. Those two games the week before, oh, absolute magic. And our commentary was brilliant. But moving it on, Kosh, Squid, and LJ here to give you the grand final lowdown. Squiddy, mate, how was your week? Oh, mate, just, you know, it's always tough at this time of year because you're thinking there's less football every week. Are they going to be able to jam-pack eight games worth of quality into, you know, what we was two last week? And boy, did they deliver. So I am one happy chappy, mate. When I can watch 160 minutes of football and just be blown away, mate, let's fucking go. And how about you, LJ? Oh, what a weekend of footy. You know, squid hit it on the head. Not as many games, but the quality was right up there and I was loving it. 80 minutes? Oh, wish I had 80 more minutes. I might even watch it again. Absolutely. I might be there right next to you, brother. But uh, speaking of how good that weekend was, how good? And for me, boys, how good has Adam Reynolds been? Jesus, if you are the Rabbitoh management, how did you say, bro, go look for somewhere else. We don't want to commit to you for another three or four years. This guy has been on absolute fire. Even before that announcement, he was playing pretty good football. But no, the club says, nah. Sorry, buddy. I know you're the heart and soul of this team, but let's see you later. And you can go play something over at the uh, the Broncos, I do believe. But Jesus, Milford next year, he is not a replacement. And the Broncos are 10 times better just with Adam Reynolds being part of their squad next year. So uh, you can take that one to the bank, kids. I'd almost put a house on it that uh, Adam Reynolds is going to play some awesome footy for the Broncos. Classic coach. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard thing. He is a Red Fern stalwart. He grew up there, played all his young football there. And he's always been a pretty consistent halfback, you know, played very well, always probably in the top five. But it's the fact that they've made three prelim finals in a row, or in the last four years, I believe. And because they haven't gone on from there, that's all fallen on his shoulders. And that's why they're like, oh, you're not the man that we need you to be, blah, blah, blah. But yet, you know, they put a little bit of pressure on him and said, no, nah, we don't want you. And I'm just glad that he stuck to his guns. He's like, look, mate, I'm still going to go out there and bleed red and green. But if you don't want me, I'll um, I'll go somewhere that does. Absolutely. He could have given up. He could have said, you know what? You've said that you didn't want me, but I'll just turn it up a level and show you guys what you missed out on. How good for you, LJ? How good for me is it's grand final week. So I've started training. Now, everyone thinks you've got to train about uh, the game, train how you play. So we train how you play when you're drinking. So started drinking on Tuesday and just to mix in the drinks as well. So you don't want to go too heavy on Sunday and pull a metaphoric hamstring and have to go have a (laughs) Sunday nap or something to really build back up to the game. So trying to get drunk fit, start off on Tuesday a bit lighter, Wednesday a bit more, Saturday maybe pull off a bit, you know, calm down a bit and then Sunday be ready for the big game. You almost want to hit the uh, the ice baths on Saturday so you hit more ice, dilute the drinks a little bit. Yeah, Saturdays are usually for Smirnoff ices. Um, <laughs> just to really help out the body, cool down a bit and then Sunday it's all go. Now that's an early all go as well. So drinking rules change yet again. If you are at the grand final, you can start at 7 or 8 a.m. If you're just watching from home, 10 a.m. is the new official drinking time. But we'll kick into that a little later. How good for you, Squid? Lads, lads, lads. Now, we've been treated some quality football in this year's final series. Teams have pushed themselves to the absolute limit to reach this grand final. And I don't think anyone is disappointed that these two teams are going to battle it out for the title of the 2021 NRL champions. How fucking good. Speaking of how fucking good, we have got more steadies. Steadies, steadies. And... 
fuck, I have a big one. Some would say the biggest one to kick off with biggest hit of the year. Squid, can you run us through the nominees? Absolutely, LJ. The nominees are for biggest hit of the year. Round three, Jack Fuck'em-Up Whiten on Sione Katoa. Round 11, Jaden Sewer on Brian To'o. And round 14, we have Chit on Brandon Surchies Smith. Round 21, Captain Talakai on DW Dragon Ball Z. And ladies and gentlemen, the biggest hit of the year, the steady goes to Chit on the Captain Cheese, Brandon Smith. Oh. Now, this little man got extra points for being so small and tackling such a biggish man. But, oh, the memory of this is so vivid. Chit just comes flying out of the line and smokes the cheese. The cheese gets up, smiles, and says, mate, good fucking tackle. That was epic. I just love how that would have been a try. Yeah. Brandon Smith decided to run a line, a short ball. He was going to hit it. If he wasn't smashed, he's scoring a try. Now he's nuggety. Many people have tried to lay a hit on him, and that is the first hit I've seen laid on Brandon Smith in his career. Well, that's right, because he is so nuggety and low to the ground, much like myself. <laughs> Once he just picks that hole and just goes for it, he doesn't really get stopped. He'll like go in and then sort of pinball around and project himself forward. And like you say, he would have just fell over the line. But Chit just got in there, just hit him in the sweet spot, perfect timing, and just knocked the ball loose. Now, also, the scientists have come out and they've actually <laughs> figured into uh, the amount of force that went into that tackle. And you know what? They've come out and said that there was more force in that tackle that ever has come out of those kicks from Chit all season. So, <laughs> Well done. We don't usually do this, guys, but we're actually going to touch on those two games from the weekend. But uh, Squid, what do you think, mate? How did your analysis go for last weekend's perfect football, really? Absolutely, Coach. I thought it was just great to see both of these teams who have come off a slump of form prior to the end of the season, and they've just ramped it up. The Rabbitohs outscoring the high-flying Manly Sea Turbos. The Rabbitohs raced out to a crazy lead and had basically the money in the bag by half time and it was basically just hold on and don't lose it from there it was just really good to see it's what we've seen manly do to a lot of these teams in recent weeks and rabbitos were like uh uh not today and the other game we've got another team who have rewritten the point scoring records in melbourne storm who were held to only six points by penny panthers who just let absolutely nothing through on the weekend and the melbourne storm who were averaging about 40 points a game the Penrith panthers turned to go uh uh not today if we admit it to ourselves, boys, there's probably between 10, 15 solid try scoring opportunities that both teams probably could have crossed the line, but they just were not letting anything in. So we had one game that was just full of attacking football to win the game, and in the other game, we just had defense that's going to win the game. So which one's going to be bringing it out this weekend? I cannot wait. Oh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Friday night, um, actually, I saw the Turbos really kicking in there and thought they were going to actually upset the Rabbitohs. But when you started noticing that they started dropping balls, tries got disallowed, forward passes, Moses Sawley running into a player instead of running into a gap, really fucked up some tries, and then the Rabbits just ran at home. But then the game that, I think it's the game of the season, Saturday afternoon. Now, firstly, what a time for a game fantastic timing you could drink there's sun out you can eat early but fuck that game was intense my heart was racing i know i'm a long time panthers fan of about four weeks but oh that really got the nerves going and just watching how great the attacking football was but how amazing the defense was like, it's all good to have a 40 to 20 scoreline but when you can keep it that close and that low for so long that intensity was just amazing and you know what even better 
They've knocked the storm out. So this week, there is no storm in the grand finals. I'm so stoked. It is going to be a new crown champion. And it's either the Rabbitohs who have this massive attacking flair or the Panthers who have now turned on to a defensive phenomenon that are just going to hold everyone out. Coach. Mate, can't wrap it up even more, but uh, the Rabbitohs, what a performance. Shutting down the offense from the Sea Turbos, making Turbo absolutely non-existent and getting all those points early. It really was the biggest change in the game. I did noticeably see that the Candyman, Taffy, proved himself as an NRL-worthy player as well with his efforts out the back. So absolutely fantastic stuff to see that, what, three or four games in, he's able to play those big shoes that he had to fill. So boys, the, the jumper is on order from Peter Wins, and I I'm all in on the Rabbitohs this week. Cannot wait. It's going to be a fantastic final. This is what footy is all about, boys. Well, he's really going to have to take one on the chin. And by the chin, I mean a torpedo bomb coming from Nathan Cleary all day. Because he's going to throw those fuckers right up in the air and be like, good luck, Taffy. Hope you got some sticky hands, boy, to catch these puppies. Oh, you can guarantee that, mate. You can guarantee he'll be coming out with sticky fingers. Oh. <laughs> Boys, we could ramble on about Taffy's sticky fingertips all day. But speaking of ramble, let's get on to our next section. Let's get ready to ramble! Okay, boys, it's in the media, so it's something that we've just got to cover. In the light of Reese Walsh and the Storm Boys flying high on their Mad Monday, we've got to ask the question... Does the NRL have a drug problem? Oh, not at all, mate. You've got to be kidding yourself. Like, in the Storm event, surely Munster, he's uh, just probably got ADHD or something. And to be <laughs> honest, they'll probably just neck and back his Ritalin prescription because all the pressure is off now and uh, they're just trying to get him through because he's chill, he's relaxed. It's, uh, it's basically... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Boys, got some breaking news and I'm always glad to interrupt. It has just been released that a third man has flown into the tackle and there's a potential fall guy in this investigation. And it looks like it could be Chris <gasps> Lewis. Oh, phew. Fuck. Oh, oh, shit. I honestly thought you were going to say Chris fucking Lewis there. Jeez, what a relief. Oh, I had to take a <laughs> breath myself. He is a hero of mine. So when I had to read the full name out, ooh. Worst part is his parents would have been so upset. Fuck. Oh, I'm just glad, glad it's regular old Chris Lewis because, whoo-wee. That could have been some danger. Whoever that guy might have been, but fucking moving right along, boys, to another steady, and it is the steady for the worst haircut. And, boys, the nominees are Chanel Harris-Tavita, round one through to round nine. What a shocker. Ryan Pappy, round five. Abysmal. Zach Sini, round eight. What the fuck was he thinking? And Moses Sully, round nine. Did someone take to this guy with a fucking lawnmower? Jesus. And the steady for the worst haircut in 2021 is... Zach Sini. Oh, boys. <laughs> this year appears to be the year of the mullet, but fuck me, this guy took it way too far. Jesus, he was all kinds of levels beyond what was acceptable in, in today's society. But Zach Sini, mate... You had a really good, strong game in that first one. You came out fired up, but that second game was an absolute shocker, and uh, I think the whole world was blaming it on that poor haircut of yours. Well done. Congratulations. Well, fuck me days. It is a haircut that you want to stay away from, so the points definitely stayed away from him for that game. He wasn't concentrating enough. There was uh, not enough business in the front. It was just too much party, I think it was. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you party seven days a week, eh? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Boys, that's some grand bands, but it's grand <laughs> final week, and we've got the grand final game. 
Rabbitohs versus Panthers. Let's fucking go. Now, LJ touched on this a little bit earlier, and he's got to stop doing that. He's always touching way too much. <laughs> but the best thing for me is, he's all, is we are crowning a new champion. So we're not going back to back storm. We are going to have someone new and someone that hasn't won it for a very, very long time. Now, for me, lads, I don't like or dislike either of these teams exactly. But for me, I have to lean towards the Bunnies. As a Kiwi, I'd love to see Benji walk away with another ring 17 years later on after he got his first one. Well, I hate to break your heart, but he will not retire a champion. As I see the Penny Panthers take a step further than they did last year and really own this one. Now, I admit it's going to be a very close game. I'm loving both of these teams for the expansive footy they're playing. And actually what I really enjoy is the fact they played a few weeks ago. So it's a bit of a grudge match. The Rabbitohs stomped all over the Panthers, who were supposed to be the minor premiers. But what this does mean is that they all know each other's games inside and out. So what I'm really looking forward to is these trick plays. Now, we saw it in the weekend where Nathan Cleary kicked from dummy half and right out to Stephen Crichton to score the first try. Reminds me of 2016 when uh, the Sharks set up that scrum play and suddenly Benny Barber scored a try and threw up the shotgun celebration. But I'm really looking for some kind of move that is different. They've got to bring out something they haven't showed all yet. A backline play, a scrum play, or even a 2040. I mean, the cheese hit one last week and no one was expecting it. First one of the year. So something different. I'm really keen to see something different. That's what I'm after. Now for me, boys, this weekend, I know I was all about the fairy tale for the Panthers getting the premiership after last year's loss, but fuck, the Rabbitohs have done the impossible. Most pros ride them off during Origin, but they have done the hard yard to prove everyone wrong. And uh, you know what the best thing is? Everyone said that they were just relying on Latrell Mitchell to uh, carry them all year. But as soon as he got basically penalized out of the final series, they've gone on to play some of the best football they've played all year. So that's what's got me so excited about this weekend is that these two teams, they're actually on the same skill level. And I honestly reckon the Rabbitohs have the better half. They've got better attacking football just in the last second half of the year. I reckon the Panthers fell off. And then the Panthers have some of the best defense but I think the Rabbitohs are just going to be too strong in offense. And the Panthers, they might sadly lose their second final in two years. What is on the cards for the day for you boys? So grand final day is always a special day for us. It is something which is take a bit of a rite of passage of what we do. It really starts in the morning. This year will be a bit different with lockdown. So trying to figure a way around it. But generally, so let me cast you back. Close your eyes. So listen, this is what a normal grand final day starts off with. So it starts off, we go to the driving range, start hitting a few balls, start having some kind of bullshit competition. Not about who can hit it furthest, but who can hit a weird shot or hit on a tuff of grass. Closest person gets to nominate drinks to the other ones. That's just like a nice little, little warm up, you know? Then go to someone's house and start the barbecue up. Maybe throw the ball around, start eating, start drinking a bit more, watching some of the New South Wales Cups. This is also where you start looking at the TAB odds, really start getting those odds in, talk about them all, lay them down early before you forget. Now, when it actually comes to the game, this is where your chip and dip game's got to be on point. Got to have the snacks, got to have the chip and dip, and even bring the chili bin into the lounge. So the fridge is too far. We don't want to miss anything. It's all in there, and really that just sets up the game. That's right, LJ. You need everything within arm's reach, because as soon as that kickoff goes, you've got 40 minutes of not leaving the couch. And I don't know what it is, but for some reason, as soon as that kickoff whistle goes, it's like a little switch just flicks on you and you've gone from chilling, relaxing to 40 minutes of just busting ants in your pants, <laughs> waiting for <laughs> halftime. 
and then as soon as halftime goes, it's the first one to get to the toilet, gets the throne, and then everyone else just goes outside, starts watering the garden, and it's just all go, and then back to it, another 40, same thing. It's just beautiful stuff. Now, along with LJ, I'm normally with him on this great day. It's uh, better than Christmas, as we would say. But along with having these great yearly events, you know, come with some great stories. Now, I've got a couple here that I'd just like to share with you guys. Um, our good friend, Leslie. Now, he did the impressive feat and once drank 18 Cody's during the duration of one grand final game. Now, what he had was one of those <laughs> necklace-type yard glasses. It was like a half yard. And he could fit nine of these Cody's in there. And he sipped on that for one half. And then in the second half, he did the, the same thing. Now, he ended up taking out LJ's door frame, But, you know, we don't hold that against him after doing something so impressive. This is also on top of a hell of a lot of drinking prior. The other story that I've got to mention is not really one of my favorites. But as LJ said, you know, we have a little bit of bants amongst the boys and a bit of friendly competition, all that sort of stuff. Uh, he used to have a flat where we watched his grand final one year. And we're just talking shit. And he had this random netball post in his middle of his yard. It just had no reason to be there, but it was there. And we were just mucking around, fucking around, just throwing a football, trying, you know, trying to shoot hoops and all that sort of stuff. And then I just stupidly go to LJ. It's like, I bet you couldn't kick it in from the middle of the road. And although this is uh, one of my most ashamed losses <laughs> in the history of Squid, I will happily let LJ take care of the rest of the story. Oh, wow, I love this day. So went out to the middle of the road, half-baked, ready to set up the kick, and Squid's like, how many do you need? I was like, oh, I think I have three. Three attempts. First kick, nailed it. And then just started walking off. Squid's like, nah, do it again. But you can't. I was like, don't need to. <laughs> Done it once. <laughs> yeah. And just walked inside. Oh, what a day. One is all you need. Now, I like to do things quite differently on grand final day, boys. I like to keep things nice and low-key. I usually just do a bit of housework on one of my many 25 houses for that season. Maybe walk around the garden, water the plants, pop across the road, turn on the barbecue, turn on the other barbecue, cook the sausages <laughs> on one, cook the steaks on the other. Meanwhile, every half an hour, you got to crack open a new can. So I've got 15 houses loaded up to the brim <laughs> with beers. And then I like to just wait till game time and just chill back and sit in the middle of my street no one else is there but uh god it's a good time got a tv screen on in every house right hung up against the window uh, just looking 180 degrees going fuck what a life what a great season it was he just kicks back sits in his chair and he goes oh yeah i remember you house number seven that was round 13 <laughs> living the life living the dream <laughs> Mate, I can't wait till I come to Melbourne because I'm going to have to keep an eye out for Coach Avenue. Now, speaking of eyes and keeping an eye out, we have another steady coming up for most valuable eyes. Now, it's not the most pristine award, but it's still valuable nonetheless, and it is one of my personal favourites. Now, we've got the nominees for most valuable eyes. One, Reese Walsh, New Zealand Warriors. Two, Will Smith. Parramatta Eels. No, 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 Three, no, no, no. Kirk Catewell, Penrith Panthers. And four, Clint Gutherson, Parramatta Eels. And the winner is, just get my uh, envelope, rip that open. Reese, oh, what's that? Oh, this is the wrong envelope. Oh, okay, sorry. Got, got a second envelope here, guys, so something's happened. Apparently, uh, Reese Walsh's baby blues are no longer as innocent as we all thought they were. So we have uh, got some dramatic scenes here. And I've been handed a second envelope. Now let me open this one. And the winner for Most Valuable Eyes Steady 2021 is Kurt Capewell. Woo! Now that is a shot out of Left Park. Now we all 
thought Reese Walsh was the front runner, but he's really shot himself the foot. You know, well, we all <laughs> don't see anything wrong with what he's done on the weekend, but when you're not uh, innocent in the eyes of the public, apparently it really weighs a lot on the steadies, being so many thousands of votes coming through. So, Kurt Capewell, well done. You deserve it, mate. Take those uh, beautiful eyes to the grand final on Sunday and just hope, you know, that they you can draw all the powers from them and uh, they can help you get across the line. Good luck to you. Now, moving right along, guys, to our major sponsor for this week. Now, we haven't had that for a couple of weeks. Debbie Donuts sort of took priority, but uh, Dwayne's Portable Laundry Powder. Laundry powder on the go. Conveniently packed in small pocket-sized bags for those who need to rush. <laughs> and it's so safe and non-toxic that you can actually take it out onto the living room coffee table and let the young'uns have their way with it. And this week only, guys, they're running a promotion. Get their new scented version, which smells absolutely euphoric. So just give that one a whiff. What do you guys reckon? It's definitely non-toxic. If anything, it's better for you because I kind of got a whiff last week and fucking ended up washing the dishes for about six hours. I mean, they'll clean after the first 10 minutes, but just really intent on washing those dishes. So we've got the cleanest dishes in the street. Actually, there's footage on our Instagram. You're actually using the laundry to wash your dishes too. Don't know what was going on there, but uh, fantastic uh, promotion of the goods for this week's sponsor. It's actually that good. It's like It really helps for people with sinus issues. So if you actually ingest it through the nose it gets into your system faster but also helps clear the nasal passage just you know for people that struggle to breathe and all that sort of care so it's really is multi-purpose i mean it was so good i thought about lord mowing the carpet just to really get the dirt out good quality product well there you go it's clean mean and ready to go Dwayne's portable <laughs> laundry powder get it at a chemist near you or like a grocery store or cleaning product place yeah we're, we're talking about laundry powder here guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> Cool, so looked into the fan mailbag and believe it or not, it wasn't just our best episode ever, it was the most emails with questions we've had ever as well. So the first one is, do you guys actually think you have a good understanding of gambling and have the right to tell people how to spend their money? Well, that's a great question. Well, yeah, some may say that I'm actually qualified. Oh, sorry, hold on a second. The... Something else has just uh, fallen on the floor here. Ooh, quite fancy. It's uh from after David. Okay, okay. So it starts with to whom it may concern. So I assume that's Kosh. We've been summoned down to the courthouse. Courthouse. That's a banging place. Nice. That's the place with the really bad looking strippers, but the really good cocktails, isn't it? Well, I'm pretty keen if it's uh, a cheap entry as well, but I think that's the place. No, 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 boys. That's the White House you're thinking of. Oh, oh. shit. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. What else does it say? Well, it also says to stand for crimes against illegally giving gambling advice and a lack of gambling responsibility warnings. Huh. Well, speaking of gambling, let's head off to TAB time. Okay, so for grand final, you know we have to flip the script and mess up the rules. So we normally have a $20 minimum bet for this weekend, and it has to go across four bets. So that's $5 per bet across four categories. First try scorer last try scorer, full-time score, and the Clive Churchill medal. So I'm going to lock in. First try is Brian To'o. To'o. Last try is Nathan the Chin Cleary. I'm picking 22 to 14 full-time, 8 to 6 at halftime, Panthers leading both. And the Clive Churchill, oh, Cleary's going to get a double and get that as well. So Squid, what do you got with that? Now for me, first try scorer will be cookie time. 30 meter dart, running around some lazy forwards down Fitman's track and just one to beat. 
and uh, he will absolutely get past Dylan Edwards because he is one sack, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, I've mentioned him earlier in the podcast, but my last try scorer has got to be the king of the step, Benji Marshall. Final score for myself, I'm going to go 26-18 Rabbits victory. My Clive Churchill medalist is going to be the one and only, possibly the best looking man in the NRL, Cameron Murray. Now he's just going to do all the dirty work and because it's grand final under the microscope, all these things are just not going to go unnoticed. He's going to make 90,000 tackles and 25,000 hit-ups and you know probably get a couple of hundred meters. So it's just going to be beautiful stuff. Fuck, he's got a good looking tackle technique as well. But also, talking about good-looking, Coach, what have you got? Oh, oddly enough, not named for most valuable eyes in the steadies. Wow. But anyway, guys, for me, I've got first try scorer, Crichton. I think it's going to be similar to last week where the Panthers are going to score early. Probably not such a wild card kick, but uh, I think it will be an early try for Crichton. Final score, I've got the Rabbits winning 19-10 to 10 against the Panthers. And I say 19 because I think Adam Reynolds is going to secure his legacy at the Rabbitohs and go for a cheeky little field goal late in the game. Clive Churchill medalist, I've got Cody Walker. I think he's going to be too dynamic and he's going to have too much of a vision and absolutely run amok all over the Panthers and take out that award relatively easily too. And for a bonus wild card though, last try scorer. Now, only drop a buck on those last three categories because you're going to want to spend $17 and five houses on this last part and go last try scorer and premiership hero Thomas Bartholomew Burgess. Sick of being under his brother's shadow and this one is going to make him more of a legend than Luke ever was. Get it done, (laughs) son. Let's go, grand final baby, Roberts. Now, going from hero to zero... I am happy to announce that I'm looking after our next steady, which is Grub of the Year. Now, these aren't the players that win everyone's hearts, but you do love to hate them if they're on the other team. So kicking off with the nominations, we have Will Chambers for pretty much every game he's ever played for the Sharks. He deserved it. Two, we have Cameron Munster. We started getting into this kicking thing. We started kicking players on the ground for no reason. Three, we have Squid from the Squid Stags. Uh, he taught Walsh everything he knows about inciting all in brawls every game by just grabbing and pushing people. The reason uh, Squid wins all these games is because everyone gets sent off and he's the only one left. And then fourth, we have Chris fucking Lewis because he's just destroying the hearts of all females out there. Everyone thinks they have a chance, but no one does. No one's good enough for him. And the winner for the Grub of the Year for this year's Steady is Cameron Munster. Well deserved, mate. The money man. Oh, and what a sensational season Munster has had. The money man indeed. Now, boys, this actually brings us to the very end of the 2021 season here on the NRL Back 3 podcast. So, of course, thank you to all the listeners who have showed us support throughout the year, shared our page, tuned into all the episodes. We really, really appreciate it. Have a fantastic final series. Uh, This is going to be one for the ages, I reckon. It could be the greatest grand final we have seen in a very, very long time. So on behalf of the NRL Back 3 boys, Koch, Squid, and LJ, we want to thank you so, so much. And we'll see you right here on the NRL Back 3 podcast in 2022. Hey, LJ, did you get paid for last week's episode? Because my hasn't shown up this week. Ah, it's almost like you weren't there. (laughs) 